Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. It is so good. Sean Lee and I actually just spent, uh, we were here last Sunday, but we spent four days in Phoenix, and uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and it was very warm. And I got to see Grand Canyon for the very first time. And I was sharing with our dream team, man, the greatness of God. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you've ever had questions about how great God is, they should be gone now because you stand at the corner of, you stand at the, I'm not afraid of heights, okay? I never told Sean Lee this because um, I'm not sure why I didn't, but I love heights. And usually if there's any cliffs around, I kind of like venture out to the edge, not to the Grand Canyon. I'm like, yeah, that's good for me. I, I was staying back from the edge. Everything seemed like, like everything was so far but so close. And I'd see people like sitting over the edge with their feet hanging over. I'm like, no, not me. I'm, I'm staying back. I'm usually like the really adventurous type. But at the Grand Canyon, I was kind of like, ah, that's, that's a little deep. It's over a mile deep, which is insane. We, did, we had a couple of pictures taken. And you, you see the pictures. And it literally just looks like you're in front of a, one of those screens uh, uh, anybody have a kid that's getting, uh, getting student school pictures right now is a green screen, and they're like, which one do you want? And, uh, some, and, it's, and it's fine, but it just looks like you're in front of one of those screens that's not real. And it's so amazing, and the shadows, it's, it's just incredible. If you've never been to the Grand Canyon, you need to, need to go. And you need to remember the greatness of God when you see it. Now, let me paint a picture for you. After church today, you go to a restaurant. And you go in with your family. I'm going to use my family as an example. It's a mom and a dad, a daughter and a son. And, we go, and you go in and you sit down to a table. And the waiter or waitress brings you water. You start looking at your menu and you're starting to, to get ready to order. And you couldn't help but notice just a few tables down from you, a family looks very similar to yours. The age may be a little bit different, but there's still a mom and a dad, a son and a daughter, and they're out for lunch as well, right? That's great, family bonding. But as you look up from your menu one more time, you notice something unique about this table. Well, dad is on his brand new iPhone 10. And he's checking some very important emails. So important that he cannot let them go by for the next hour. Now, mom, her, her, back, her back is to you. And uh, you can judge this person or not, but you see that she is doing some really important business. And she is scrolling through her hand-me-down iPhone 8 because the husband got the new iPhone 10. And she's scrolling through and she's liking and commenting on Facebook because, of course, the world is just going to fly by if she doesn't spend some time on Facebook. And the little girl um, learned how to play Candy Crush and she is crushing it, literally putting a hole through her tablet. While While the little guy, he's about eight years old and he has his headphones on and doesn't comprehend that when he speaks out with headphones on, he's actually speaking out loud. Have you ever been in a store? I was in Target. We, we don't have Target anymore, but I was in Target and there was a lady walking around with headphones in and she was talking like loud. She was like, oh man, this is awesome. This, this is out already? Oh, so cool. And she's like literally walking around talking out loud to herself and I'm like, 
Um, anyway, the kid, the kid has the headphones on, and he must be playing some kind of a war game because he's like, die, sucker, die. And he's like, he's, he's doing something, and he's all over the place. And you sit back for a minute, and you, you think, here's a family that has about an hour, hour and a half of family time, and they find themselves all tied to a screen. Have you ever been to a public place and witnessed something very similar? Have you ever been to a public place and you witnessed that you're that family? We actually at times, and this is, we, we, we will bring iPads because uh, we don't go to restaurants very often because Hudson's just in that stage that he, he can get into everything and he's too strong to like hold him down and he likes to scream really loud. Um, you probably heard him a few times uh, around here already this morning. And, and, and we're, and sometimes, I honestly, we might even be that family. We're living in the most stimulated generation ever in history. We have hundreds of TV channels, and we're still bored. Now, I remember when I had two channels growing up. One channel had a pitcher, and one channel had a snowstorm. <laughs> and we, if, we, if we, peasant vision, right? We'd have CBC and some sort of something else if the rabbit ears and the, and the weather was perfectly, and you'd stand up. You, you could, like, you'd actually change places on the couch because you'd have to hold on to the antenna to get the picture of something. Um, but we may even remember the time, depending on your age, that when you, uh, when you were punished, you were sent to your room. And when you were sent to your room, it, it, it meant business. You, it felt like solitary confinement because you didn't have an a phone, or you didn't have a computer, you didn't have a TV or Wi-Fi, email, you weren't connected to the billion of people, billions of people, and friends on social media. Today, we're in the fourth week of Fight Club, and it's hard to believe that we are in the most addicted generation ever to live on the earth. And today's title is called The Addiction Fight. Would you pray with me? God, we just uh, come to you right now, and it's, it's no coincidence that you had Jackson pick songs about freedom this morning. And God, as we, as we jump into the addiction fight, already some of our minds are going off. Already you're, you're starting to pinpoint things in our lives that we need to find freedom in. So God, let us be a family. Let us know and understand that nobody's perfect. This morning, as we fight against addiction, let us know that you've already won in your name. Amen. When you hear the word addiction, many of our minds automatically go to the big addictions. Big addictions, alcoholism, drug abuse, pornography, we always seem to go there first. We always think about the, those poor individuals that, that may get sent away to rehab. And I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in rehab. I, I think if, you, if we need to go away, Teen Challenge is one of the best rehab programs for, for addictions that, that our world has ever seen. 
And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that some people need them. But when we talk about addictions, we need to cast the net a little bit further than just the people that go away to a solitary rehab facility. You see, addictions is anything we cannot live without. We're in a generation that, that fills our minds with so many things, anything to distract us, anything to entertain us. Some of our addictions are small and some of them are definitely bigger. Maybe your addiction this morning is, is, is a habit that you can't break or a person that you can't separate from. And ultimately, it is harmful. If an addiction exists in our lives today and it is left unchecked, it will devastate our lives and everything around us. So today, we're going to be bold. We're not going to, we're not going to step back into fear. We're not going to, to submit to rejection. We're going to strap on the gloves this morning as we talk about the addiction fight. And we're going to get into the ring. And guess what? This morning we have somebody with us whose name is Jesus and is a tag team against, against, uh, against something that seems to hold so many people down. It is not your fight this morning. It is Jesus' fight. And the only way to come uh, to beat addiction is to understand a few things that we're going to talk about this morning. But first is that we have to allow Jesus to be the conqueror. So if you're here this morning and you, you already know that there's some addiction in your life and you have not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ with everything you are, guess what? The addiction will probably, not probably, the addiction will remain and at the end of our service today, you're going to have an opportunity to give your life to Christ because that's the first step to overcoming and fighting addiction. Addictions are powerful. Addictions are typically illogical. It still baffles my mind how I or how we or how people choose harmful paths Over good ones. We know what the result will be, but we still go and do it anyway. Paul says uh, something similar to that when he, in, in his writings that, that I, I know what I should do, but I seem to always do the opposite. But addictions look very different for all of us. Like I said, when, we're not just talking about drugs and alcohol and porn. When, when we talk about addictions, we need to throw the net out way further because addictions might be masking themselves in our lives in ways that we don't even know that they are actually affecting us. And again, remember, addiction is something that we cannot live without. Not that we shouldn't live without it, but if we are an addicted generation and addiction is classified as something that we cannot live without. So, some people's addictions look different. Drugs, right? We have meth, cocaine, painkillers, oxy, heroin. All, all addictions, though, are not drug-related. Rela what about this one? You may be addicted to money. You just can't get enough of it. You're actually afraid to spend some of it because you're afraid to see the numbers in your account go down a little bit because um, you, you, and you try to weasel out of everything and, and, and make money an addiction. 
Sex, one of the biggest addictions in our culture today. And the sad reality about this one is that uh, in, in, most, in most secular uh, uh, contexts, sex, pornography is just viewed as, as normal. A normal way of life is not even viewed as an addiction. Some of us are addicted to buying things and getting more stuff. When we cannot cope with life, we find ourselves at the newest, we find ourselves at a uh, store buying a new purse or buying a new truck or buying a new chocolate bars, all of them. And, 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 you, and you, we go and we go to a store and we max up credit cards. And, and, and when we cannot cope, when we cannot find understanding in life, we find ourselves at West Edmonton Mall. And we make the, the track back through Southgate Mall and then through South Commons. And before we know it, we're in huge debt. But we have an addiction to buying things. This is a little bit of a unique one because we all set out to have them, but what about accomplishments? Accomplishments can be an addiction. Adrenaline. Some of us are addicted to pain. Self-harm, cutting or burning ourselves. Some are addicted to people. Now, I know there's some people in here, I'm not addicted to that one. I can just go in my room and stay there all day and not talk to anybody. But some people are addicted to people. You need a certain type of person in your life or life just doesn't seem complete. You actually maybe, you're like, well, how are you addicted to people? Well, have you checked your phone this morning from a text that you sent last night and wondering why that person hasn't liked or commented or, or viewed your story on Instagram? You might have an addiction to people. Addictions are widespread, but the most widespread addiction that, that our culture sees today is the approval of others. Two weeks ago, we talked about the rejection fight. And God created us to need to feel needed and to be accepted. And we talked about that, and God created us that way. However, we have looked to fulfill that need by seeking the approval of others and not living in the truth that God has already accepted you. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that he already chose you. From the beginning of time, he chose you. Before you've ever felt any rejection, God chose you. And the problem with, with the addiction to acceptance is when we find, try to find acceptance in everybody else but God, everything else will fail. When we find, try to find acceptance within people, guess what? People will fail. People will not reply to your texts as fast as that you want them to. People will not show up to your birthday parties. People will not give you a gift at Christmas time. At some point, the acceptance, if you live, we talked about it two weeks ago, if you live for acceptance, you will die by rejection. And even though there's a truth that we say almost every week, it still is something that I guarantee that many of us in this room battle with. There's nothing that we can do to make God love us and accept us more. And there's nothing that we can't do to make him love us and accept us less. God loves us. He loves us. Period. He accepts us. Period. No matter what your past has been like, no matter where you're at today, God accepts you. Like no time in history, the addiction for approval has escalated 
to limits that we have never experienced before. See, one time we had a few friends, maybe a few neighbors, people that we look for acceptance from. But with social media and with the beautiful thing called double tap, the need for approval has escalated to a whole new level that, that our world has never seen before. See, we, we don't just seek approval from our friends or our neighbors or our coworkers or, 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 or our enemies that we know. We now start to accept approval from every person in the world. We actually look to see if people like our pictures of people that we don't even like. People we never want to meet or people that we never, will never meet and we're still looking for their acceptance. Now, this is not a message against social media. I think it's great. It's actually one of the biggest platforms that Discovery uses to, to push forward the gospel during the week of our 167 hours. It's one of the biggest ways that we do it. And, and social media is great. And this message is not against social media. You can use social media to encourage people. Social media, one of the greatest things I think is is really cool is that it connects families past time zones. It connects connects friends that you may have lost touch with. It gives you the ability to to know people's birthdays. Hallelujah. Somebody. You know, there's some things about social media that's really Good. But if social media is where you're getting your approval, then social media will be the drug that will kill you. Tweet that. Yeah. Nobody even tweet. People are tweeting. See how fast social media will change. So today we're going to fight back against addiction. We don't need to, to feel, uh, feel the sense that you're the only one because that's what Satan wants to tell you, that whatever addiction that's coming to your mind right now, whatever one that's making your heart beat really fast inside, but you're cool on the outside, we don't need to be, we don't need to, to cower it away and allow addiction to win anymore, okay? We're going we're gonna to strap in the gloves and we're going to fight together as a family. I love that word that you brought, Jackson, because talking about some of these fights, it's better in a family. And so many times uh, we, we want to fight each other and we want to be face to face. But in a family, when, when, you, when you go up against a fight, you go side by side. And today we're going to stand side by side and we're going to fight back addiction. We're going to fight against addiction because addiction doesn't have room in our lives anymore. Okay, we're going to find freedom. Can I just say this? That you are way too valuable to the kingdom of heaven to allow addiction to hold you down. There are people that only you will bring to Jesus and that if you allow addiction, if I allow addiction, if we allow addiction to hold us down, those people do not have a chance because there are people that are on the other side of those doors that are waiting on the, you to push through and, and to win this fight against addiction. There are people in your family, there are people in your workplace that will see something on your life when you're living in a place that you're in complete freedom. And we need to get there. We want to get there because there is a generation that's waiting. There's a generation that don't even know that they're, they're addicted that's waiting to come in and find acceptance in Jesus Christ. But underneath an addiction, there's a question that we must face and uncover. 
what a, and this is the question, what problem is occurring in my life that I need to mask the pain or the emptiness with an addiction? Let me say that again. What problem is occurring in my life that I need to mask the pain or the emptiness with an addiction? See, the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, the porn, the people, real, or retail therapy are all symptoms. All, all, an addiction is the symptom of something else. See, the root cause of an addiction is pain. An addiction is a symptom. So we need to get down a little bit deeper and try to find the cause that creates the symptom. And I think this, is, this, can be, uh, this can bring revelation to us today. Because so many times when we fight, we try to fight back against me going on my phone and, and, and viewing pornography opposed to reading my Bible. Or I, I, I go on, on Facebook and I try to find acceptance and I try to post something that I hope somebody likes. Or I try to take 45 minutes to get the perfect angle on the selfie. So I buy a selfie stick on top of a selfie stick. I'm, nothing wrong with selfie sticks. I think they're great. To try to get that perfect angle just so people would accept us. But that is a symptom. See, when we're sick and we have the flu and we sneeze, that's a symptom of being sick. We blow our nose, but we still need to put the antibiotics in our body to overcome the sickness. The symptoms is what comes out from the cause. So this morning, I hope that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he helps reveal to us the cause of our addictions. It's kind of like weeding your garden, right? It's like, if I hate dandelions. I thank Jesus for snow because I don't have to root out dandelions. I've tried many times, especially when I was a kid. Go weed the garden, okay. And I'm just like literally pulling out, pulling the leaves off so it gets down. But the next morning, there's a dandelion there again. You gotta get down. You gotta do some work. You gotta get it out. And this morning when we, when we look for the cause and even throughout this week, and, and what's gonna happen is that we're gonna need to do some work. It might mean, mean us getting on our knees. Ooh, that wasn't in my notes. It might mean us getting on our knees and doing some time with God. Saying, God, help me reveal the cause. I don't want the symptom of this in my life anymore. It's holding me back. It's holding, it's holding my friends back. It's holding my family back. It's holding my relationships back. Most likely the cause at the bottom of your addiction is not a thing but a person. That's hard to come to grips with. It's very possible that somebody has rejected us. Someone has inflicted pain on us. Maybe emotional pain, physical pain, relational pain, economical pain. This person has made us feel like we're not good enough. We are convinced that we don't have what it takes. And there's been a sense of inadequacy branded on our lives. See, the cause is pain, but the symptom is whatever addiction that shows up and promises to make you feel better. See, when life feels chaotic, we're human. We want to find a solution. And we run to whatever 
will make us feel safe. And for a moment in time, an addiction offers relief and makes you feel safe. And that's generally why we run to an addiction, why we try to put on this false armor because we feel like we need some release. So we, we, we need some relief. We need some stress, this chaotic life. So we run to what promises to give us relief. The addiction gives us a buzz or a high or a thrill or a rush. And not just drugs. You can get rushes and and thrills from many other things more than just drugs. Addiction will for sure let you down. And the crazy thing is, is that you will find yourself in a deeper hole and a more of a chaotic state than you were before you tried to mask your symptoms. In order to fight against addiction, we must look past the symptoms. We try to fight the symptoms. We try to fight it and we try to push it back, but we gotta look past the systems and we gotta allow God to examine our lives and we gotta be willing to examine our lives for the cause. And now I know that might be very painful, that might hurt a lot, but we have to get to the root of where the symptoms of addiction comes from. Last week, last couple of weeks, we talked about David. And David took down Goliath. He had to push past fear. He had to push past rejection. And we talked about that. But before he went out into the battlefield, we see um, he's in King Saul's tent. And this is what King Saul says to David in 1 Samuel 17, 33. He says, you're not able. Then he goes on to tell him why he's not able. He says, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. Now reading this for the first time, you may be thinking that that King Saul is concerned for David. But I love that we're not necessarily characters in the Bible that we actually get to see Genesis all the way to Revelations because we can learn stuff that happened in David and Saul's life and we can actually look back at something like this and see that I don't think David or Saul was actually concerned for David at all. Rather, I think he was trying to make David feel vulnerable. You don't have what it takes. And I think now he was in King Saul's tent. King Saul wasn't, it, was, it probably wasn't just him and David. There were probably other people around, other, other men that were at the battle. And, and, and I think he wanted to let everyone know that David was going to fail. But listen to David's response. In uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34. It says, but David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, When a lion or a bear comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from the mouth. If the animal turns to me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this for both lions and bears, and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine too. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David says this, pretty bold for a teenager. 
But Saul couldn't rest in the truth that David said. He couldn't rest in the goodness and greatness of God. So Saul proceeded to put his armor on David. And Saul was much bigger than David. And, and, and as he got put this armor on, he tried to walk around. And David's like, this is too awkward. I am not going to be able to do anything. I can't move. But David, or Saul wanted David to look bigger and stronger than he actually was. This is an accurate picture of many of our lives. See, we feel powerless. We feel afraid. We feel open to attack. And we hide inside and behind armor that we can't move in that we can't move forward in. Saul's armor might, look, might have looked like a good idea, but it just weighed David down. David knew that his strength wasn't from anything that man could offer him. His strength wasn't from anything that he could, he could even do other than being obedient. David took off the armor. He went into battle And he went into battle with confidence and boldness because he knew that Jesus already have won. In verse 39, it says this, David put it, put it on, strapped, strapped on the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he never worn such things before. I can't go in these. He uh, He protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them into the shepherd's bag, then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling and started across the valley to to fight the Philistine. I think we can learn a lesson from David. I'm sure as he walked across the valley, with a sling and a staff and a shepherd's bag, him and God, looking at a nine foot tall giant, I bet you he felt vulnerable. And many times in our lives, we perceive vulnerability as a bad thing, but I don't think God sees vulnerability as a bad thing at all. I think that in our vulnerability, in our weakness, God invites us into an intimate relationship with him. He invites us to get closer. What if, what if, what would change in our lives if we looked at addictions differently? What if the addictions, the cravings for an addiction carved a way towards a deeper intimacy with God? I say it many times, we're all imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. We can't control what other people do to us, but but some of it causes us pain. But what if our pain became the platform to proclaim God's promises?
What if, what if our pain, what if our addictions carved away that when we, when we felt a temptation to go to an addiction, we actually were able to carve it and, and manipulate it and say, God, I want to spend time with you. And instead of scrolling through, uh, spending and going through Facebook and finding our acceptance, we would go to the book and find our acceptance in the words that God says about us. Instead of going to the bottle to relax, what if we went to the Bible to relax in God's presence? And f- instead of finding another him and a boyfriend to complete you, what if you spent some time with him, the only one that could complete you? Some of the best fighters you will ever see are fighters that can use the opponent's energy against them. And they will exert very little energy and they will only attack when there's maximum impact. What if we could use the fight of an addiction against itself? We're going to have cravings. There's going to be things in our lives that we're going to be prone to. It might be things, it might be shopping, it might be sex, it might be money, it might be drugs, it might be an acceptance. But what if we could reroute that and say, every time it comes to my mind, I'm going to go spend time with God. What if we could use the opponent's energy against him so we can really push past the addiction? Every week we've had a one, two, three punch to close out our service. And I try to think really hard about one, two, three punch, but I think we have a one punch to take down addiction. We have a one punch to get to the cause of it. And it goes to something that we say often is that you have to be a Christian for yourself, but you cannot be a Christian by yourself. Satan wants you to believe a lie that you're the only one that battles with, put it in, whatever you battle with. It's a lie that I promise you, whatever you're battling with in an addiction, there's somebody else in this room that battles with it as well. And the one punch to take down addiction is to don't be alone. You need God and you need people. So if you're here this morning, you've never had a start a relationship with God, I believe that today could be your day to fighting back against addiction in your life. And maybe you're here today and you have addictions in your life that you're just like, man, I can't beat it. I can't beat it. I go to church. I even try to pray every now and then. You can't beat it. Can I tell you, get connected to a discovery group. Don't do it alone. Now you're not, you're not just going to go to one group one at, at one time and be like, oh, it's gone. It takes a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of vulnerability. But we have each other's back. We're not against you. 
We're not against each other. We can be vulnerable. We can be a family. We can say that life sucks sometimes and I'm battling with this. But guess what? A, a step towards battling it is getting in a group. So I encourage you, jump online, register for a group. I'm gonna call the, the team up and it was, we're, we're a few minutes over time. But we're, so many times we hear a message like this and we, we, we hang our heads. We all have stuff. We all have, all have crap in our lives. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. Some of this is from our past. Some of it is, is going to be a bigger deal in our future. But I believe that today we can find freedom. And one of the greatest ways that we can find freedom is through the joy knowing that God has already fought the battle and won. Okay, so this morning, I, 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 they weren't aware of it, but I'm going to ask them to sing freedom. And, and we're, going to, we're going to stand up in response this morning as they sing uh, the song freedom. Is we, but we don't need to hang our heads. We can still walk into the freedom that God has for us in our addictions. Even if we're battling through an addiction, we can stand on the freedom and the goodness of God because God still accepts us. He doesn't want us to fall away from it. Guess what? In our addictions, we can get closer to him. And this morning, I, 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 want, I want ask the team if they would do freedom. And it's an upbeat song where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Guess what? The spirit of the Lord is here and we can find freedom this morning. And one of the first steps to finding freedom is to make a decision to follow Jesus. So why don't you stand with us this morning and, and, and put your hands together and allow joy to bring us into freedom this morning. Okay? Church, okay? All right. God, this morning, we just thank you so much for a church that's willing to tackle some of the big issues in life. This morning, as, as we may feel a little bit heavy because we may have started uh, digging at some of the root, God, I just pray that this morning where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And God, that, that the extra five minutes that we're taking this morning, you will help us win it back somehow. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.